This is our third Sunday in November uh, that we entitled uh, No Miss November, hoping that uh, some special events each uh, week uh, would uh, help our attendance. And it seems like it has done that as we looked at the figures. Well, today was introducing Kids Rally, and that was a fun way for us to learn what our children are doing uh, in their Sunday school, the beginning of their Bible study hour, and also uh, wearing your T-shirt day. And so a lot of you have done that and participated in that. And so we're celebrating this month of November, and we're talking about don't miss. You don't want to miss things. And today, with that video introducing this, we're talking about don't miss the opportunity to share the hope of Jesus Christ. There's an ever-increasing need today for us to share that hope of Jesus Christ like never before, perhaps. No other society, perhaps, has known all the upheaval that we know today, politically, socially, financially, uh, and spiritually. And then there are the natural disasters, like the the latest being this typhoon that hit the Philippines. And that creates a lot of speculation in people's minds. And and for a lot of people, they lose any sense of uh, optimism or hope that they have about life now and life in the future. I think, as Billy Graham has said, uh, that we are facing some of the most defining moments uh, of our society. And people today are looking for answers more than ever before. Now, we need to be able to share that hope with them. There's one thing that, that, that I read this week that really startled me, and it was reported in the New York Times in May of 2013 about the suicide rate among middle-aged Americans and how sharply they have risen over the last decade. And it just startled me to learn that today more Americans now die of suicide than they do in car accidents. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that an awful thing? That's a sign of, of a lack of hope. That's a sign of hopelessness. That's a sign of despair and giving in that people have absolutely no concept about hope and things will get better uh, as they look forward. What are the reasons for that rise in suicide? Well, some have said about uh, events in the world, uh, the financial situation we're in, all those kinds of things like that. But Dr. Julie uh, Phillips, a researcher from Rutgers University, makes to put it this way, that one of the biggest reasons for this rise in suicide and this feeling of hopelessness is because people have feel like all the hopes and expectations they had for life have failed them. And she specifically says, the boomers had great expectations for what their life would be like, but it hasn't turned out that way. You see, there are a lot of people today who need to hear the hope of Jesus Christ because they bank everything in their life on on what their plans were for their life and where they might be in life by now. And life hasn't worked out that way. And so they need to hear the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And we've shared, focused on sharing that hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And we paralleled it with Billy Graham's uh, message to America, My Hope America in the Cross. And many people, many people in this church made commitments to be Matthews and to share their faith. And we've had some good positive results. In fact, there were more uh, meetings this week uh, where people gathered together, invited people to come. And they came and they heard a powerful message from Billy Graham. And then they heard some dynamic testimonies that people shared. And there were lives that are being touched. And so I hope that this message... Uh, about hope and this message today about don't miss the opportunity to share the hope we have in Jesus Christ will stir our hearts as followers of Christ that we will be more concerned 
than ever before about people who have no hope and that we will share with them the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. When we look at our scripture today uh, from 1 Peter chapter 3, we will find that this is what Peter is urging uh, this early group of believers so early in the life of Christianity. They're facing some persecution and some ridicule because they are believers. And Paul says, you are blessed. Count your blessings. If if, if you are facing persecution for sharing your faith and living your faith, you are blessed. And then at the end of that section, verse 16, he talks about how we're supposed to live so that we will be above reproach. And if people ridicule us, they're the ones at fault and not us. But sandwiched in between that are some words where he speaks to us about the fact that we are supposed to be prepared to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. Peter says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. And here's the key phrase, the verse 15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now, when Paul wrote those words, times were less than ideal. Christianity was was moving as as a new movement upon the scene. It was met with some fierce opposition Uh, It was met with ridicule. It was met with suspiciousness. But they went ahead and they lived their life positively and powerfully. And they had hope in Jesus Christ. And they shared that hope. And Peter is reminding them, don't give up. He says, always in your hearts, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason of hope you have in your life. Now today we're talking about sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And normally when we talk about sharing about Jesus, we're talking about sharing our faith. And there's a little bit of difference if you think about those two terms. When we share our faith, we've always got to be looking back. We've got to look back to to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, knowing that he died on the cross for our sins, and that through his resurrection we are promised eternal life. We've got to look at our life and what it was like before we met Jesus Christ, before he came and made a change in our life. And most of the time, we get stuck right there. And that's our testimony. Although that's what we share. You know, and that's a part of our testimony. But we've got to be looking forward and seeing, what is God doing in my life now? What has He done since the moment I gave Him my life, since He came into my life as Savior? What am I doing uh, to know and experience the hope that He has in my life? So, when we're talking today about sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that's about looking forward. We have to look back to a certain extent and see where we came from. You know, what we were like before Christ came, what Christ did for us dying on the cross and his resurrection. But then we want to look forward. We've got to look forward with hope that says, you know, even in this downturn in the economy and, and turbulent times, socially, economically, and everything else, and everything that fights to take the hope away from us and shatter our dreams, I'm still confident. I'm still optimistic about the future. And that's because I have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, what we're really saying to family and friends and neighbors and those around us who know us is, I'm optimistic. Not many people really would tell you, 
I guess if you do a, a person on the street interview, that they are very optimistic about where things are going. I, you know, I have those moments myself. But the bottom line is, is I have hope in my life because of Jesus Christ. As somebody said, I've read the last chapter in the Bible, and guess what? It's good news. We win. You see, there's hope. There's confidence that we have when everything else seems to be going astray. So when people come and they ask you, they see a difference in your life. And you've got to remember, you've got to show that difference in your life. They say, how can you be so optimistic in this world today? Bingo, you've got an opportunity to share the hope of Jesus Christ. And there are people out there who need that hope. And when they see that optimistic lifestyle that you're living, they're going to come to you and they're going to ask, why are you optimistic today? Why do you have hope in your life? Because they've lost hope for a lot of different reasons. Broken bodies, bodies ridiculed with sickness and disease, uh, broken homes through divorce and violence and debt and death. Broken lives through drugs and alcohol and crime and bereavement and desertion. And broken dreams, ambitions that never have been realized. Failures in life to, to, to do what they wanted to do and to be by a certain point in their life. And a feeling of defeat and disappointment that just overwhelms them in life. Those are just some of the symptoms of our modern society. And, and then when we talk about hope, we need to be sure that we understand the concept of hope that we're talking about. Oftentimes when we talk about the word hope, we have this kind of, of, um, of dreams that we've had that we want to share, you know. I, I, and we use that word hope in so many different ways. One of the first things I had written down uh, when I started working on this early in the week and sometime during the day, Tuesday, I put this down. I said, you know, I, I hope we get snow for Christmas. That would be something to have a white Christmas. And lo and behold, what happened Tuesday night? It snowed. It's the earliest I can ever remember seeing snow. And it's interesting, I hadn't even caught the significance of the date, but it was November the 12th, 2013, 11, 12, 13. People were posting that everywhere, and we got snow that night. And it was still there at my house on Wednesday morning. You know, then we could also say things like, well, I hope I win the lottery. And I'm not encouraging you to play the lottery or buy lottery tickets. If you do, and I know some of you will, and you win, you hit it big, remember to tithe, Okay. We can take that money and use it. All right? Or you could be like I am and say, you know, I hope one day I get to play Augusta National Golf Course. Now, that's a far-fetched hope right there, isn't it? You know? I don't have the connections to do that. Probably none of us in here do. I say, what is hope when it's spoken from a biblical standpoint? Every time hope is used, it's always a favorable and confident expectation about the future. And it's all bound up in Jesus Christ. In Titus, we read these words. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, of faith and knowledge resting on, listen to these words, the hope of eternal life which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Why can I be optimistic about the future? Because God has promised it's going to be glorious. You see, nobody's promised me that I'll get a white Christmas. Well, we got November 12th might be what we're all going to get. Nobody has promised me that I'm going to get to go play at Augusta National. But Jesus has promised me eternal life in heaven. And God has guaranteed that promise. 
And because of that, I can say with confidence, you know, I have a hope. I have a hope for the future. I have a hope for eternity. And see, that hope is personalized in Jesus Christ. Paul would write to, to the Colossians, and in 127, he would say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, when you've got Christ in you, you've got the hope of Christ in you, the hope of his glory. And see, that is what allows us to live with hope and confidence as we face the circumstances of life today. We all will face times of adversity. That might affect our happiness. But our hope is not affected adversely by that. In 2 Corinthians 1.10, we read these words. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. You see, God has promised to take care of us. He knows the uh, number of hairs upon our head. If you read your devotional this morning in open windows, that's what you read about that, about that, that God knows us and, and loves us so personally and intimately, he even knows the number of hairs upon our head. Now, if he goes to that extreme to know us, then we have hope in the fact that God will deliver us and continue to deliver us from hopeless situations. So now when we're talking today and focusing on this passage about sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, there are really two things here at stake. And the first is having hope. So you can't share what you don't have. You have to have that hope in Jesus Christ. You have to have come to that point in your life where you've known what you needed, you were faced with your sin, the hopelessness of your own personal condition without Jesus Christ, and that you were willing to come to Christ and allow him to fill you with the hope. That, that you need. And the second issue is that we need to be ready with an answer about why we are optimistic in our culture today because of Jesus Christ and his presence in our life. Now, somebody I read this week uh, said about that, that specific incident and issue, he said that too many believers today are like Arctic rivers. They're frozen at the mouth. That we, we aren't prepared to share the reason that we have hope in our life. And that's why we shy away from this thing that we call evangelism or sharing our faith or sharing our hope. Now very quickly I want us to look at three things that Paul says to us here, and Peter says to us here about how we can share hope uh, in, in Jesus Christ with those who need it. First thing he says is set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. So that word Lord means that Christ has to be our master. And, and oftentimes, I know we mean well when we say it, but we say, you know, we have to make Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't make him anything. He is Lord. But we have to allow him to be Lord of our life. And Peter says, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. So there's an image I think he had in his mind. Like I, I can, in the Old Testament, there would be certain vessels that would be set apart uh, and holy for times of worship. And maybe uh, in your household, you have maybe some everyday china that you use for everyday, you know, that will even survive the grandchildren when they're there. But you've got other good sets of china that you bring out for special times, like maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, maybe you even have some clothes that you set aside. Well, I remember as a kid growing up, I had school clothes and play clothes. And then I had Sunday clothes. And I didn't dare wear those Sunday clothes except for Sunday. And old timers used to call it Sunday go to meeting clothes, you know. 
And, and, and that was, I don't think people, I don't think we do that that much today because it's a more casual approach to life today in terms of worship. But there are things in life that we set apart. And, and, and Peter is saying, if you really want to be concerned about the hope that you have and sharing it with others, then you need to set apart Christ as Lord in your life. And he says, do it in your heart. Why our heart? He's not talking about this organ that pumps blood through our body. He's talking about the heart in terms of a biblical aspect that is the seat of our emotions. We say, I love you from the depth of my heart. I love you with all of my heart. The writer of Proverbs said this. He said, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. You see, that's the first step in sharing hope is that Christ has to rule in your life and in your heart as Lord. You have to allow him to be Lord in your life. And we look at uh, those who are willing to share that hope and to do it boldly. I think about a passage and an incident in Acts chapter 4 uh, where uh, Peter and John healed a crippled man. And, and they, uh, for their efforts, uh, they were persecuted as a result of that. And the scripture says that the leaders saw that Peter and John were not afraid to speak. And they understood that these men had no special training or education. So they were amazed. Then they realized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. You catch that? Their critics realized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. See, our ability... And the effectiveness of our sharing our hope is in direct proportion to how much time we spend with Jesus. That's one reason that we're told to set apart Christ as Lord of our heart. Then the second thing Peter says is this. Be prepared to give an answer why you have hope. I mean, have you really thought about that? I would hope that during these these months and weeks and and that we have talked about sharing the hope that we have and watched last Sunday the Billy Graham video. Maybe some of you got the book and you've been reading that. You've gone through the Matthew training. But if you really thought about what you would say if somebody at work, at school, at home, or wherever it might be, the grocery store or restaurant says, you know, there's something different about you. Why are you optimistic and joyful in this culture today? Have you thought about what you would say? See, I think one of the reasons that we're so fearful about this whole concept about sharing Christ, sharing our faith, sharing our hope, is that we haven't really thought about what we would say. And so, what Peter says to us is, be prepared to give an answer why you have hope. It's interesting that that word answer uh, really describes what an attorney would be preparing very, very carefully and deliver very, very articulately as his or her closing arguments in a courtroom. It's also the word from which we get apology and, and the, and the uh, theological term apologetics, which is the defense, really, of the gospel. So he's saying you need to have an answer, an answer that really would sway people. And, and he's saying you have to know what you believe and why you believe it and be ready and willing to share what you have thought about in your life and what you have experienced. In that same fourth chapter of Acts, after Peter and John had been scolded for the second time, they were told, don't you dare go and speak about Jesus anymore. And you know what they said? They said, we can't keep quiet about what we've seen and heard. 
Let me give you, let me give you three things that your story ought to contain uh, if you're going to share the hope of Jesus Christ. First of all, it, it, it ought to contain a brief summer, summarization of what your life was like before you had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Then secondly, you need to tell how you came to know Jesus and experience the salvation that he offers. Now that's where we look back. You've got to look back on that. But then you look forward to talk about that hope because then's when you talk about what God has done in your life and particularly most recently. For some people they think their testimony is just when they got saved. And for a lot of people really that was the height of their spiritual life was right there. And they got their testimony written up and it's in a drawer somewhere and it never changes. Our testimony ought to be constantly changing because we ought to be experiencing new and radical things that God is doing in our life the more that we yield to his lordship in our life. So be prepared. Always be prepared. Know what your life was like before Christ. Know how you can communicate how you came to know him, who introduced you to Christ. And then then talk about what he's doing in your life now that gives you hope for the future. Always be prepared. Have an answer of reason. And then the last thing that Peter says is, he says, share your hope story with gentleness and respect. Other translations say with meekness and fear. In other words, he's reminding us that you don't argue people into the kingdom of God. And so if you want to treat people with gentleness and respect as you share your hope with them, that means you've got to be able to look at them when they talk to you. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're not saying. Give them the time that they want with you to ask you their questions and to explain their hurt and to explain their disappointment in life and why they feel so hopeless. And then you just simply encourage them to come to Christ. And you tell your story. And the great thing about it is it's your story that you tell. And nobody can really refute what your story is. And you do that telling them these things with gentleness and respect. That means you've got to, you've got to, to have a relationship with people. And that's what we've urged in this whole process about this Matthew training and sharing hope is to build relationships with people. And see, the, the depth of your relationship, I think, is what allows you to, to have the freedom to share the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And that means when you look at verse 16 as to what Peter said in, in closing about this, he says, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. What he's saying is, live that life as a believer in Christ and a follower of Christ so that they don't have an accurate reason to criticize you. You see, that means doing things like living with integrity, uh, keeping your word, speaking the truth, practicing the golden rule, that you have the same values here in church that you have at home and that you have at a ball game and that you have at work. You know? That means you've got to say, maintain that integrity and be the same. And, and that way people are drawn to you and they know that you're not a phony, you're not a fake, but you're real in Christ and he's done something in your life and they want it. So here's the issue for today that's twofold once again.
First of all, do you have that hope of Jesus Christ in your life? Have you come to that place in your life where you realize that without Him you are hopeless and that you're lost in your sins and you're willing to commit your life to Christ and come accept what He did on the cross for you as the only means for your salvation and the only means to be filled with hope and the only means to be knowing that you have that, that, that promised future of eternity in heaven? If you don't know that hope, then you need to come to Jesus today. You need to come to Christ today in faith. Now, if you do know that hope, if you do know Christ, then you need to be prepared with Christ as Lord in your life to make a response when people ask you the reason for the hope in your life. Why are you filled with hope? Why are you optimistic about the future? How can you be hopeful in the midst of everything that's going on and upheaval around us in this culture and this society? And the answer is simply because Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. I see if you need the hope of Christ today, then you need to come today and know Christ. Ask Him into your life. Invite Him to come into your life and change your life and fill you with hope. And if you're a believer in Christ today, then you need to leave here today with, with a committed resolution in your heart that you will live with that optimistic spirit you will live with that hope evident in all that you do so that those around you will ask you for the reason, the hope that you have in Christ, and you will give to them an answer that you have prepared from your heart. Let's accept that challenge. Father, uh, today we, we thank you for the hope that fills our life in Jesus Christ, the hope that we find in Christ that is found nowhere else and in no one else in all the world. And Father, I would pray today for the one or two today here, perhaps, who has not yet settled that issue with Christ as Savior and Lord of his or her life, and that they'd make that decision today. And then for us who follow after Christ, Father, may we truly want people to know our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to experience the hope that we found in him so that we're willing to give a reasonable answer when we're asked for the hope in our life. Father, to this end I pray, and for your glory, for decisions to be made, in the name of Christ, amen.